Lord, we are grateful people. We must never forget that. To remember all the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Thank you for being able to breathe today. Thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for healing. Thank you for bread and butter. Thank you for something to eat. Thank you for clothes. Thank you for a place to stay. Thank you for protection on the roads. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It goes on. And above all, thank you for even now, still answering our prayers. We give you all the glory and honor through Jesus Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen. Give the Lord that praise off it right now. Amen. It is so wonderful to be with you. We're moving into the full summer. In fact, we have moved into summertime. And uh, I was very concerned that when we go into summer that we'd start with hailstorms. But the Lord has spared us. We prayed about that. And uh, the rain came in. Say thank you to the Lord for the rain also. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Could be the opposite way around. It's so strange. Somebody was saying this week, and I always think that when it rains, then people complain that they want the rain to stop. If it doesn't rain, they complain that there's a drought. If there's whatever a storm, then they don't want that because they've now got a braai or a barbecue or whatever you want to. You know, there's always a reason not to be happy with what God provides. And so it is in this life that we must never forget who the one is that's taking care of us. And He will give us the good rains. He will give us bread and butter. He will give us, us clothes to wear. He will give us everything that we need. We need only to serve the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and obey His Word. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise of it, everybody. Amen. Now, this, uh, this has been a week in which I've been thinking, you know, normally we set aside the month of November and we think of everything God has done for us, given to us, and it led me on a journey this week, actually. And uh, the first verse that came to mind was Psalm 110, verse 3. Psalm 110, verse 3. And I've got this verse here, and um, it came to mind as I was thinking about this week and about the fact that God has been so good to us. His mercy endures forever. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Psalm 103, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all His benefits. God benefits us in so many ways. If you read Psalm 103, maybe we should do that together at a time. That is just an amazing string and a list of benefits for just serving the Lord. And here we are in the house of the Lord. We are benefited with the presence of God Almighty. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. The Spirit of God is here. Last Sunday night, we had church in this place after the prayer event. We had big church. I have not felt an intensity of praise in my career as I felt here on Sunday night. When we said, give the Lord a praise offering, I have never seen or experienced or even felt it. Uh, um, you actually realize it. You feel it within yourself. You experience that power of how people actually can praise God. 
like one, they praise God. And in full volume, like we'd say in Afrikaans, eight faller bors. They were just giving it all to God. And then they started singing. And uh, it was the end of the service. It was the end of the prayer event. And they'd been praying through the night. They just, now they started singing. And uh, I let them go. And I walked to the back and uh, got my things together because now it's the end of the service. And I heard the music going on. And then I thought, no, but now there's another song coming in there. And I thought, maybe I should stop the people. And Maud said to me, don't stop anybody. Because nobody had left the church at that time. Nobody left. Nobody wanted to leave. They just stayed here. The world had been forgotten. The world was of no importance at that moment. They were actually experiencing the presence of God upon themselves. The Holy Spirit came in like a cloud of the audience. I told the people. And then from there, it was just like amazing. Mort said to me, let's, let's go. Let the people have church. You don't need to worry about it. We arrived home. We got out and uh, Mort said, let me phone Mali. And they said, well, we've just, just come off the platform. The people were praising God in this place. I don't know for how long. I don't know how many songs. And uh, they, were, they were praying. Bongi, playing the piano today. Bongi started praying here. And he was weeping, so I'm told. And he was, he was just explaining to everybody how much we love God, how much we should always serve the Lord with all of our hearts. We really, we really, we are different because of Jesus. We are different because of the Holy Spirit. We are, you know, the Bible says, then the Spirit of 1 Samuel chapter number 10, verse uh, 6 through 9, then the Spirit of the Lord shall come upon you and you will be changed into another man. People were changed. They were impacted. They were not worried about things. They were just enjoying God's presence. So tonight, tonight, I've decided will be the, the night of thy power, of God's power in this building. Now watch, we'll see. Let's go on. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. Now there are two words here. And the one word that is the lead word here is the word volunteers. Now, if I look at the word volunteer uh, in, in the Hebrew language, here it is in front of me, I read the word uh, nedavah, and it's written here in Hebrew actually as nedavot. But as it is, what does it mean they will be volunteers? That is Psalm 110 verse 3. Have I given it to you like that? I haven't given it. What did I say? Did I say 110? Yes. They say 110. End of the third verse. Don't worry, she can do it all the time. She's loved all the time, day and night. Give the Lord a praise offering. Thank you. Thank you. But it says here, your people shall be volunteers. That word there. Is, is an amazing, amazing word because it means here, nedavah in Hebrew from the dictionary. It means literally, they will be doing free will offerings. They will be, it's 
of free will, they will do free will offerings. So the people started giving to God at that moment in time. And here it says, they will be free, they will be voluntary, they will give free will offerings unto God. When will they give free will offerings unto God? When will they be willing to do so? When will they be willing to stay here, no matter how long that music continued on Sunday night? There was so much power of the Lord that they would be free will or free willing, whichever way you want to put it, they would be free willing, let's put it that way, to stay in the church as long as it takes to enjoy the presence of the Lord. They will do anything for God. If there was an altar call and say, let's say we said, well, who wants to do just anything for the Lord right now? They would all say yes. They would just do anything for God. It's when the power of God comes down, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, until the uttermost parts of the earth. When will the people be changed? In the day of thy power. They become willing. Now, what to me is quite astounding was in the early years, you must know that I grew up in a mainline church. And uh, I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit power. I knew nothing about those things. I was ignorant about the power of God. And so in the process of that, um, there came a day that I went to a Pentecostal church and uh, I experienced the presence of God like this past Sunday night. A huge presence of God that just came down. And people were talking in tongues. I'd never heard that before. People were prophesying and doing the interpretation of the tongues. And I stood there, I had goosebumps. I didn't know what that was, but I liked what I felt and I, I, I experienced something that was so glorious. I just stood there as a newbie, as somebody that's a green bean. I knew nothing about what's going on. Didn't even know about the move of the Holy Spirit. No, nothing about that. I grew up as a Christian and I, was, I, I had a Bible all the days of my life. I would go after Bible after Bible and commission a new one. Every time, take a new Bible, commission that one. That'd be the working Bible for me at that time. And you go through that and then suddenly go into a church and uh, hear somebody's talking in tongues. You never heard that before. I thought, now what language is that now? That was in my head because I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. What language is that? How did somebody talk like that? Here and then somebody gets up on the other side inside that church up there in Brixton. They um, got up, another one got up in the other side of the church and says, thus says the Lord. And the next thing brings the whole layout of what is or has been just spoken in tongues. I never knew the power of God. I never knew the power of the Holy Spirit. I had nothing in my knowledge about that. And it was a sad thing. You study, but you don't find yourself studying what is relevant. If you study what is relevant, it makes all the difference in the world. If you understand that your, your, your starting blocks of life is the Lord, is the Lord and His Word. How then could I have walked through so many years not know nothing about the power of God? Then I was a student. I gave my life to the Lord and then these gifts of the Holy Spirit were manifesting until I got filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, one of the ministers came to me and said to me, you, you know, you, you're a pastor, you know. It was a, he was a 
uh, you know, a man called Dr. Vernik Krier. He was a Greek specialist. And um, he came and he said, you're a pastor. You must come to the college. And so there began my journey. And I'm studying now all the time, but I can't take it in fast enough. I'm learning, but I find it's too slow for me. All the stuff I'm learning now is too slow. But in that time, cutting a story short and cutting some detail out for the sake of time, um, I noticed a strange thing happened to me. Uh, I found there was a student, uh, you know, a tall, blondish man with curly hair, and he said, he came up to me, he said, Harold, he says, I just feel to give you this. You need to learn about this. I just feel to give you, here's a little set of tapes, like we would say tapes. Get this little set of tapes. And I said, okay, what the tapes is here? Well, it's somebody called Catherine Kuhlman. And I, I thought, all right. So I went home, and here's Catherine Kuhlman online. On this, I'm playing it back. Those days we had the tape recorders and tape playback machines. And I'm listening to Catherine Kuhlman, this woman. And I'm, I can't, it was the, the, the theme, I can still remember the title, is The Secret of the Power of God. The Secret of the Miracle Working Power of God. And she begins to talk about the relationship with the Holy Spirit. She begins to talk about the fact she will, I, I can take you, I'll quote her now, I can take you to the exact place where Catherine Kuhlman died. The only thing is, on that wooden floor, there's a round mark of my tears. I wept and I wept until I couldn't weep no more. But I gave my life to the Lord. A woman that had a remarkable impact on the history of the church world. There were some others too, like Amy Semple McPherson, Maria Woodworth Etta. Those are two more women that I also know that were remarkable in what they did. It captivated me. I thought that can't be possible. This relationship with God, I started praying then for the power, the secret of the miracle working power of God. We just prayed for power. Thy people shall be willing in the day of your power. I would go through hours and hours, pray in tongues, just pray. I would pray for the power. Nobody asked me now, what are you exactly praying for? I just pray for the power. Spend hours, just pray for the power. I would pray. I was filled with the Holy Spirit by then. And uh, I spent my time praying for the power. Now other students came to me. And they said, here's a book. You need to get this book. This book, you can't get hold of this book anymore. It's not on the market anywhere and they won't. I still have them to this day. I've got a special rack in my study where there are books kept that uh, you, you can't get them. You just can't get them. They know more on any markets anywhere. But these are the stories of men and women who understood and learned to know the power of God. They realized that it is in a moment where there's like, there's, there's a moment like, it's like you go to a higher level. Smith Wigglesworth said, I always begin in the natural, but I always end in the spirit. I just keep praying, just keep praying. I'd spend hours praying and things began to happen to me. I could tell you many stories about that, but I just kept praying. And then I felt a strange thing happening. I felt uh, I started doing some fasting. I read about fasting. And then I started fasting. Stay away from food. Fasting. The fast is betekenum te los. The betekenum cost the loss. So you, you just leave food alone. You just drink water all the time. And so I'm fasting. 
and I would have seasons of fasting all the time and uh, they would go by. But what I notice is that particularly when I'm fasting, I become aware of a presence on me that I felt this presence, I don't want it to go away from me. At first, I couldn't understand all that. I just didn't understand. There are many people still today that don't understand that. This presence, when I'm praying, I don't want it to go away from me. I want it on me. Well, there were some people that came to me and said, you know what, here is a book from so-and-so. Here is a book from uh, uh, ORU, uh, Oral Roberts University, did a study of uh, revival. Here is a book of Edwin Harold Jr., All Things Are Possible. Here's Winky Pratney on revival. Those books just came to me. I'm telling you now, it was supernatural because I didn't even know what to look for. Didn't know. But I took them in like at a speed. I would just speed read those things and take them in. And then I began to study what I was seeing in that. Now people came to me and said, you know what? On my rack, there's this book, but you can only have, and they now gone on to be with the Lord. They've died. But on my rack, there's this book, A.A. Allen. Again, you know, uh, Born to Lose, Bound to Win was his book. And I began to read in that book how that God appeared to him and gave him a list of things. I think it's nine things that he was to do in his life, to change in his life, and then the power of God would flow through him. Well, he did, and God did. Then people came to me with videos. I got the videos together. I got myself a collection of that stuff that's second to none. I tell you, it was an amazing thing. Maybe it was just the way I am. Maybe it was just because God wanted that way. But I got these things. I pray for the power. I just kept praying for the power. Then we start with the church. In 1988, on the 7th of February, I was ordained now here as the senior pastor. And uh, I took and I did what you would call it after council language. My first sermon, I did the sermon there that Sunday. And the first Saturday after that, we started the, the, the Saturday morning prayer meetings. And we started four-hour prayer meetings from Monday to Friday. I started those prayer meetings. I went to Lindhaven there in the building. And I would just go in there and there would be people, up to 90 people in the morning, come out and pray with me. We would just pray through the hours. We go in early, 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 winter and summer. We cut through that year. I tell you, the months and months went by. But something happened to me every time. I would end the prayer session and then quickly go and do some whatever else I had to do before I had to go into the offices again because we just loved God. That was all that we did. I would, I would, I would go through those, those prayer sessions and when I walk out of the prayer session, I had this presence of God on me and I thought, oh Lord, don't take this away from me. Just let this be on me now. And I would just keep on praying in tongues until I got home. Oh Lord, just don't take this away from me. Don't take this away from me. It was the power of God. I was realizing the power of God. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. See, we talk about, many times people talk about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing. But if you really think about it, you think about Luke chapter number four, verse 18, Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me. You have the word anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and so on and so forth. He has anointed me. If you look at the New Testament, uh, you, you, you look at, for example, 1 John 2 verse 20 and 1 John 2 verse 27, where it talks about the anointing. You have an anointing of the Holy One. 
and you need not anyone to teach you, but the anointing teaches you. Now, you have, the, you have those words, the anointing. And, um, but it's, it's not really, if you stretch it out over the entire Bible, the word anoint, anointing, anointed, those, the, the various forms of the use of that word, it comes across from Genesis through to Revelation. Ultimately, it ends up with uh, the two anointed ones, the two olive trees, the two witnesses of Revelation chapter number 11. It was an amazing journey for me because now I had videos and good collection of those videos, but the best of the best. And uh, I had, and they were old videos, I tell you. And I had the machines and to be able to play those things. I think we still have some machines here at the church to play those videotapes, the old ones. And I would come to the Bible school then, and I said, listen, I'm just blessed. I just got this, but I'm blessed. I'm going to tell you what, first session we have class in Bible school. Second session, we are... Um, just put down all your books, put it under the chair, get it out of the way and start praying. And then they would start praying. The students would sit in the Bible school and pray. Because I used to say, the Bible school is not just studying the Word. It is also a spiritual experience. Because the Spirit and the Word agrees. Now let's get you filled with the Holy Spirit in this place. See? And now just that second session, put them down and say pray. And they would pray. And uh, at first, it'll like a little bit, you know, rusty. But after 20 minutes, they flow in. And after 30 minutes, they really flow in. After an hour, they don't even know about the fact that an hour has passed. They are now right in the flow with God. Around them, it's sounding like a bee nest. You have this going on and people are praying in tongues. And at that point in time, many times in the original Bible school, I would say, all right, now, come forward. And the students would come forward and now I would pray for them for the power of God. And you know what? The power of God was so strong. I would prophesy to each, each of those students, the whole Bible school, the whole lot. Give them a word. Tell them the Lord says, the Lord says, the Lord says, the Lord says. It would just go on. I went right through the Bible school. The next day, that place would be packed out with students back in their chairs. Not a chair went empty. First year, 1986 of the Bible school, I remember that year, that uh, we started, I did that then already, uh, we started with uh, 73 students only. 1986, 73 students, we ended the year with 71 students. We lost two in the total of the year that moved away and uh, that were no more part of us. So... Uh, those students stuck it out till the end of the year. Next intake was 103 students coming in in the next first year session was 103 students plus those that went through to second year. We didn't lose students. You see, we kept the balance. I made sure the power of God was upon everybody. I made sure there was an intimate relationship with everybody. You know, we went through the years with this Bible, with this church. We went through many, many years and uh, sometimes I would pray for the people for the power of God to be upon their lives. Three times, four times in a year. The moment I see there's a slackening down. The moment I see there's a lessening of commitment to God. Or there is, there's just like a, you just feel it in the spirit. Like almost like there's not the intensity, the focus, and the real commitment to God as it should be. And I say, okay, we have an anointing session tonight. But then we pray for the anointing. 
But now I'm talking about the power of God because there's some interesting things on the road of this. And I will not be able to get through this session. There's no way I can. But I began to understand that when the power of God hit me coming from those prayer sessions and fasting, you could ask me to climb Mount Everest for the kingdom of God to do it. I wouldn't even think about it. You can ask me. In fact, you don't have to ask me anything. Is there a prayer meeting? I'm there. Is there a Bible school? Yes, I'm there. Is there, I felt so bad about leaving my Bible school years, felt so bad, thought, what am I going to do with myself? Then the next thing I was teaching. And I was just pouring out Bible school now to the people. And as the Bible school grew and many subjects were covered in that years that would follow, I taught all those subjects. I went through them all. And uh, I laid down the curriculum for every one of those subjects. Through the years, I would just go and teach and keep teaching and pray and keep teaching and pray word, prayer, word, prayer. And in the middle of that, I had, I had the rest of the things in hand that God wanted me to have in hand. So I found there was this amazing thing, a willingness to make every offering, every sacrifice, everything that God wants me to do, I'm ready to do it. You know, Maud often says to me, she says, you're talking about Thanksgiving now. Maud would very often say to me, you know, I want to give X amount, whatever amount, I don't know, whatever she, she prays about it, and she, she handles, I don't, I don't work with money, not me, not whatsoever. Every time I go to one of these slot machines in the wall, it swallows my card, so I've just given that thing up too. So I just carry a few hundred rand cash. That's it, no more. I don't want nothing to do with money. To me, money is, but more shop. She knows how to work with it. She's got the wisdom. That's why I let her take up the offerings because it's, not my, it's just not my flow. But I see, if, you, if Walt comes to me and says, you know, I think we must do a special offering to the Lord. I said, go. She says, you know, I want to give whatever amount. I said, yeah, sure. Never even giving a second thought to it. What she says goes. There we pray and the Lord brings the blessing. Then we just go on with life. Willingness to move must be inspired by God. The power of God has to be part of your life. You cannot backslide and then say, I'm a willing person. The backslider moves away from the power of God into the level of mental ascent, men, mental, mental thinking, thoughts. Certain things are more holy to the person who is busy backsliding than what God is. They don't understand the kingdom of God. They don't understand the principles. That willingness to push on, to push forward has never left me. I have nurtured that. I have been there with it. I've stayed with it. I wanted to be there with it. And I said, Lord, you know, I'm praying for the power. This morning, I was praying early. What did I pray for? Pray for the power. This week, when I had the opportunity to pray, pray for the power. Because I want the power of God upon me. Now, maybe I should just give you a verse or so, just to take that forward. And it says here, um, with great power, this is in Acts 4.33. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. With what? With great power. What happened just before that? They were praying together, 
and the place where they were assembled was shaken. And that directly after that, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the next thing you read, and with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That power is something that accompanies you. I need to tell you this. That power is something that I'm aware of every second of my life. Every second of being awake. I'll tell you now, Jacques. Yaku, skis. Yaku. That's a Jacques and that's a Yaku. All right, so, but the point is, that power you feel aware of all the time. Right now, I can feel my arms. They feel, when it comes on me, it feels like, like, like I've got an extra, I'm wearing an extra jacket. It's just, I don't know how to put it to you. It's like I've got, I've got my jacket on, but there's a second jacket here. And I feel it in my arms and I feel it down my leg down my back, and then it affects my legs when I'm praying for a lot of people. It is the most amazing thing. I never wanted to go away. If you say to me, read the Word, then I say, how far? If you say to me, pray, then I say the same thing. If you say to me, well, you know, there's a prayer meeting. Would you like to come? I'm there. It's because the power of God is upon my life. Because we prayed for the power. We prayed. Benny Hinn in one of his testimonies, he says, well, you know, when he was a young man, he was out there, grew up in the area as a young man uh, in the area of uh, Jaffu. Uh, that's the area of Joppa, where you have the, the, the story of Jonah and the whale. So there in, just next, next south, south of Tel Aviv is this ancient city. Benin grew up there. And he used to talk about this when he discovered the power of God. He says, what did he do? He says, just say in the, be in the bedroom. Stay in the bedroom, just pray for the power. He said, just pray for the power. Then the power came. When the power came, you're willing for anything. Somebody says, we need, we need people that uh, would come and teach some, we need some more teachers for the Sunday school. Then I say, yes. I was a student when I was in Bible school. They would say to us, you need to go and get involved in a ministry every six months. So I went to Sunday school. Went to the children's church in those days. Then I went here. Then I was in a healing ministry. We pray for sick people after every service. So I was just going everywhere. Wherever there is anything that I need to, uh, that I need to you know, uh, say, say, here I am, I'm ready. I am now coming in for service. Do you need me for this? I'm with you. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do the other. But behind it all, there was an oven of prayer. And I'm telling you today, Listen to me. I ride a horse called experience. You have to pray for the power of God, the very presence, the working of the Holy Spirit to fill you all together. You have to surrender yourself so much that you can't do it anymore. You have to turn away from evil. You have to sanctify yourself. When you go into, into the presence of the power of God, I'll close with this and say, because I haven't even come nearly where I wanted to be. But... Uh, when you, when you get into the presence of God, there's another thing. You go and sit with people. You are around people. People are sick. You quickly learn when the power of God's upon you. You quickly learn to take authority over the spiritual realm around you. Very quickly. Find out that you've got power and authority to tread on serpents. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. Luke 10, 19. You got that power on you. You go anywhere where the demon spirits, they start manifesting. Many church services in the past of my history, 
I would walk down the road and people would be over there and they start ministering, uh, they start manifesting, shall I say, demon spirits. You pray for the power of God and you go and sit down with somebody, they get healed. I have, I never forget my own sister, my, one of my, my elder sister came to visit. She was feeling sick. I was praying there where she came into the house. They knocked on the door, she and her husband, they came and they knocked on the door and uh, she, she stood by the door in the room where I was actually praying. I had, I had like a, a prayer room. I made it a prayer room, the front veranda of that house there in West in those days. You know, I would pray and uh, that place be full of the glory of God. I see visions. I began to see many, many visions. I cut a cross out of the flesh into the spiritual realm. I began to see visions, things that would happen and I would tell more about it and then it did happen. I had dreams. What would happen? I would tell more about it. That happened. And so you become so aware of how close the spiritual realm actually is. You just got to get on your knees before God and start praying and ask God to bring His power upon your life also. Fill you with His power. The Spirit of, of God, mighty power of God within you. And so with great power, the apostles came and they did witness. You know what? I can always say this, that many times I would go, there's one man, he was actually dying with a lung, lung condition. And they, they had like a fellowship. In those days, they didn't, have, they didn't have home cells. Now they had a fellowship. A lot of people got together at their house and out there in, towards Florida. And Mort and I went there that night. We just invited. But, you know, I soon learned, very soon learned, that I take authority of the spiritual realm around me. The Spirit of God is there, and the Spirit of God holds back the forces of darkness. Our God is a consuming fire, see. So you, you come into the house, and uh, you move, and there's this man. He's got some very bad lung disease. He had this thing that he, he picked up somewhere in Egypt. He went up to Europe, and I think Egypt, and he, uh, some kind of a virus got into his lungs, and he was slowly dying. I walked in there. He couldn't go through one night without o oxygen. I, I, I just, I came in that house. I stood there, and uh, Maud will remember this very clearly. I stood there. I said, let me pray for this man. Pray for him. So take authority. You will not no more get into this man's lung. You just get out devil in the name of Jesus. I'm still a green bean. I'm a newbie. I'm still one of those people still, but I know the power of God. By now I know the power of God. I took hold of that thing and bound that thing. That night for the first time, he slept through the night without oxygen. He had no pain in his chest, no pain on his lungs or in his lungs. He felt nothing was wrong now with him. Now, what I then learned is the following day, after one o'clock, he phoned me actually. He said, listen, I want to tell you, I feel on top of the world. I said, well, give God glory. And so on. then left. Well, a strange thing happened. And I've learned out of those things too. I've learned many lessons out of that. The way you pray, when you pray for people to be set free and by the power of God. Um, I, 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 said, I said to him, you know, it's great that you say that. He went on. And that thing made a comeback. You know, when the Spirit goes out, He goes, the Bible says, and He seeks rest and He finds none. And uh, then He says, I'll fetch seven spirits worse than, worse than me. And He goes back to the man, that man died. He died. But the amazing thing that taught me a lesson was, as long as I'm around Him, He's healthy. When I left Him, then suddenly, here this thing makes a comeback. 
every individual through your prayer life must learn. You need to learn from me. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of experience here. Every individual through your prayer life, you need to learn to take authority over the spiritual realm in your house, in your life, in your heart, in your workplace, in your office, wherever you go, you need to learn to take up the power of God and bind Satan if necessary. Give the Lord a praise offering right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm gonna stop there because there was a lot more that I have to cover, but uh, I'll cover it next time I see you. But you need to pray for the power of God in your life. How many of you feel inspired about that? How many of you want the power of God? Let me see your hands if you want the power of God. That's right. It's not, not something, it is actually the most glorious, glorious experience when finally you feel this presence so strong on you. I get into a lift in a building. There's a man with me. And uh, as I get into the lift with him, I just get into the lift with a man. I did nothing. I'm just minding my own business. I'm just getting into the lift. Here's this man. And he begins to confess his sins right there. He says, I want to just tell you what I've done wrong. I've done this, that, and the other. I never forget that day. I actually saw that in a vision before the time. Then it happened. Here this man comes in a lift, me and him going up in a building. Here we are in the building going up. While we're going up, he's confessing sins. While I said to you, well, the Lord forgive you now. Wash you in the blood of Jesus. Now make right with God. Get into the power of God. I said, get into the power of God. I said, get really into the power of God. Start praying for the power of God in your life. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, all rise and let's give the Lord a good praise offering right now. Amen. 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 There's nothing that God could ever want from you that you would not be willing. You'd be willing immediately. But it starts with a little exercise. And when you are in that secret place of the Most High, in your own prayer closet, you begin to pray and say, God, fill me with your power. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. And when God fills you with that power, the fullness of God within you, you're a willing person. You will testify for Jesus. You will prophesy. You will speak in tongues. You will win souls for the Lord. There'll be no, no nonsense about that. You'll just want to do it. Because you'll want to treasure what the Lord has brought into your life. Can you say amen? Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you now and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up His countenance over you and be gracious to you. The Lord grant you eternal salvation and peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. God